Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts Podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. Baker Mayfield got traded. So what does that mean? We are going to take a look into the past with a special guest. And is it too early to talk about fantasy? I don't think so. So here we go. And here we are back again. Big news this week from the NFL. Yep. Big news. And we knew this was coming at some point. We didn't know exactly where it was going to land. We didn't know, like, when it was going to happen. And or all the details about some it. of the details are a bit surprising. Baker yeah. Mayfield is a Carolina Panther. Yeah. He goes from the North Coast to the East Coast just like that. And, you know, like... The Browns got Deshaun Watson. We knew this was going to probably happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's some of these details. Yeah. Some of these details are, um, yeah, they're like extravagant. Extravagant. Ex- extravagant. I like yes. that. All right. So, um, so basically, um, what happened was, uh, the Browns paid, the Browns paid some money to give up. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, to get rid of him, right? Um, Baker Mayfield paid some money. <laughs> yeah. And the Carolina Panthers paid some money. Well, I mean, and they should. They're getting picks. Baker Mayfield, and right? And gave a draft, a draft pick in 2024. Wait. Not 2023. Mm-mm. Not next year. Nope. So, they don't even have to give up any draft picks until two years from now? Yeah. By and then, it's a, Baker it's Mayfield a, may have made the playoffs twice. Yeah. It's a conditional... One as well for a fourth or fifth round. <laughs> Only a fourth or fifth. Oh, don't worry, it gets it gets way worse than this. Okay, the Browns paid ten point five million to get rid of him. Wait, they're gonna keep paying him even though he's not playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Okay. The Carolina Panthers only paid four point eight five million. <laughs> So the Browns are going to pay him twice as much just so he won't play there. Yep. Then the Panthers are going to pay for him to play for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not it. Baker Mayfield also converted $18.8 million into incentives. So he was going to make $18.8 million and he gave it up. Yep. Or, or worked it into he has to now work for it. In certain statistical things he has to hit. Yes. So not only did the Browns want him to leave ten point five million as a hit, but also he wanted to leave bad enough to get eighteen point eight million give it up. Yep. Exactly. And the Panthers don't have to give up a draft pick until not this following year, but the next year after that. And it's only a fourth rounder? Yep. And that's and that's conditional. So that's if he's like is the main starter for the and he doesn't get injured or something like that. Yeah. 
And they pay less than five million for this year. That is that is really <laughs> good for the Panther Panthers. The Panthers got a steal. The Browns just keep dishing out cash for who knows what. Mm-hmm. I think I think my favorite uh, meme that I saw about this uh, was somebody who said, "Well, the Browns pay Baker Mayfield ten point five million dollars not to play for them." And because of Deshaun Watson's problems and what might happen with him, yep. they pay Watson $230 million to probably not play for the Browns. That, that's insane. I mean, I, I don't play for the Browns. But you want to pay me millions of dollars? Exactly. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Which leads us now to a surprise team from Houston Update. Speaking yeah. of Deshaun Watson. It's, it's more of a memory, though. It is. It is. This is back whenever the uh, team from Houston was actually pretty good. Yeah, 2018. Remember that? Deshaun Watson. Y'all had Deshaun. DeAndre Hopkins. Defense, you had Clowney. J.J. Watt. Good times. Yeah, good good times. times. All right, back to it. So, what does this mean? We were a Colts podcast. What does this mean for the Colts? Well... Another big free agent thing. And so we got to ask ourselves, what is the next free agent move? Is there another free agent move left that the Colts might have? There is one position that we keep identifying that we might need some help in, that uh, there are some people out there that could help with this. We need a veteran wide receiver. We need some help in our wide receiver room. We got a good wide receiver veteran coach. Mm-hmm. That knows the Colts inside yeah. and out. Reggie Wayne. Yes. So uh, a week or so ago, I did an Instagram post uh, where you guys could vote. Uh, you guys could comment what you think uh, with a scenario I call Tiwalio Beasley. So um, the basic dilemma is T.Y. Yes. T.Y. Hilton, you can keep him. He's hanging out there. You can re-sign him. You know, his production numbers are lower, but he has the team. He understands the team. He has them. Uh, he's he's the locker room guy, right? Yes. That's his role now as the veteran. Mm-hmm. Or there's this guy, Julio Jones. He has really good chemistry with Matt Ryan, and I feel like he's got he's still got some football left in him. Absolutely. And because of his production, he could be an economic steal, uh, for where things are at. Mm-hmm. There's also, we discovered, Cole Beasley's hanging out here. Yeah. That could be kind of a wild card surprise that, mm-hmm. you know, we don't take a guy on the outside. Maybe we take a veteran slot receiver. Yeah. You know? I feel like that could be a really good play. I think it could be. Pittman and then maybe Pierce on the outside. As well. Right. You, we, I think we've got the outside kind of covered. It's our slot that may, might need some help. Yeah. You know, the question is, is Beasley too expensive? You know, Um, another guy that's out there is also Emmanuel Sanders, also from the Bills. He's hanging out there. I feel like he's expensive too, though. He's a little expensive too. Um, So, what do you guys think? Ty Julio are kind of the main two options. Do we throw in a Cole Beasley? Does that work? What do you think, ma'am? For me, I've still been on the Julio Jones train. Give me Julio Jones. I want that chemistry between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Ty. I understand we want to keep him there. Um, 
I don't think you can afford both of them. I have to think you have to make a decision. And with the current circumstances and where your quarterback and who your quarterback is, I think the only reason Julio hasn't seen success is because he lost the guy. I think that, you know, it's kind of like riding a bike with those two. I think you can put them back together and they can put up at least one more good year, maybe two. And that might be all that we need to get uh, the Colts, you know, into a good draft position or uh, a good, decent quarterback class to come out uh, to kind of start building into that next generation. I think Matt Ryan can probably go for three seasons is what he's saying, maybe four. Um, And so, you know, if you have Julio there for at least half of that, I think that's a good call. Yeah. Um, um, I see the value in Cole Beasley. I think that would be great. I think it would be coming out of left field, but I think think he has the athletic prowess that – uh, that Ballard mm-hmm. looks for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I just don't know if it's going to happen that way. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. Sometimes the best way to move forward is by looking to the past. We have a unique way to do that after the break. Hmm. Still no sponsors, but email the unstable blues at gmail.com if you would like to be one. Until then, we'll keep showing off what we do or keep making stuff up. If there's one thing my two little brothers love to do, it's explore outside. And they love to show off whatever they find, especially giving flowers to their mother. Why wouldn't they have a flower shop when they grow up? So look out for Zeke and Rico's flower shop in about 15 years or so. Hi, welcome back. Uh, We have special guest with us uh, for a segment that we are calling Historical Perspective. Uh, It is awesome to have my dad here with us. So not only do you have uh, a a father-son team, but now we're going three generations on it. So um, so this is my dad, Roger, and uh, he's been a big influence on me as far as the Colts as well. Um, in as well as many other things. Um, but uh, so, uh, Dad, uh, share with us uh, how many years were you a Colts season ticket holder? I was a Colts season ticket holder for the entire career of Peyton Manning and some years beyond that. But my first uh, year as a season ticket holder was the first year, I believe, that uh, Peyton came to play for the Colts. So it spans uh, uh, well over a decade, and I got to see uh, Peyton play many um, home games with the Colts and have some big victories. Uh, it was a fun thing to do. Yeah, awesome. So you you went from back uh, in the RCA slash Hoosier Dome. It started out uh, in the Hoosier Dome, which was. Uh, uh, downtown Indianapolis and very close to the current Lucas Oil Stadium. But it was a stadium that was built with a football team in mind when the Indianapolis uh, metropolitan area did not even have a commitment for a football team. Uh, back in the mid-80s, uh, Indianapolis was growing with the idea of being a sports uh, revenue, uh, um, sports event kind of uh, town. And uh, at that time, there were two competing leagues. The USFL had just emerged, 
and uh, were, was competing with the NFL, similar to what had gone on uh, years ago uh, with the AFL and NFL before that merger. Yeah. Uh, so that's what was going on. The stadium was built in downtown Indianapolis before a football team was even uh, formulated or assigned to Indianapolis. And like a lot of things I missed my prediction on, uh, I thought they would gain a USFL franchise. I didn't think they would gain an NFL franchise, but that all changed in a hurry in the mid 80s and the, the Colts came to town. Yeah, so um, what was it like when the, first, when the Colts first came to town in 1983? Uh, no one knew quite to think. It was a big surprise when the Colts came. Um, everyone knew the story of uh, Johnny Unitas and yeah. uh, some of the former Colts players like Lenny Moore. Mm -hmm. And so the, the franchise was appreciated. But uh, there was a question, I think, about the ownership. It was Robert Ursay at that time. And uh, I think there were a lot of questions whether or not he was a, going to be a stable uh, influence <laughs> and whether he was, uh, you know, just using Indianapolis as a pawn to uh, strengthen his negotiating strength with uh, Baltimore. But apparently uh, the Baltimore experience and the Baltimore relationship had very, uh, very much soured. And so that wasn't going yeah. to continue. But uh, I think a lot of people were divided whether we should go for an USFL franchise or an NFL franchise. But when the Colts became suddenly available, uh, there was a lot of excitement about that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. What's a, what are some of your fond memories that you have of the Colts uh, being at the game, some of the experiences uh, throughout the years? Well, when the Colts first came to town in the mid-80s and uh, started playing, they weren't really a, a strong franchise, mm -hmm. didn't have a, a deep bench. Uh, there was a succession of coaches and changes. Uh, there were some players that uh, were solid. Probably the best player that was known at the time and the most consistent was uh, Bill Brooks, a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of changes in the quarterbacks, uh, just uh, hard to find a winning combination. Uh, but I remember going to, I think the first home game that we had, I wish I could remember who the opponent was now, uh, but I was at one of the first games. Uh, I had a good sideline seat and uh, the stadium was filled up uh, and uh, a lot of excitement uh, to see pro football come to Indianapolis for the first time. Yeah. Um, so on that note, what, what has been your favorite uh, Colts player throughout the years? Well, initially it had to be uh, Bill Brooks. Um, the Colts played there for quite some length of time before uh, Peyton Manning came on the scene. Um, there was some progression the Colts made in the 90s to get in the playoffs. Um, and that would happen to be when they had uh, Jim Harbaugh as the quarterback. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Harbaugh was uh, often referred to as Captain Comeback. Yep. And uh, he had a good uh, relationship uh, with the community and the community backed him. The Colts were excited over the successes they had. The coach at that time was uh, Ted Marchabroda, 
And I can remember uh, uh, one of the famous phrases then that uh, was generated for a while was when Jim, Jim Harbaugh was quarterback and Marsha Broda would uh, give him his uh, last instructions for going on the field. And one of his famous phrases before that was always, let her rip. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here with us. It's been great to have you. Speaking of history, free agency is dying down. Training camps haven't started yet, so is it too early to talk about fantasy yet? Maybe. So we've got all these restaurant ideas that come about in our family. One that came up a year or so ago is Sue's Nunu's and Sushi. The tagline is, you never know, because isn't that kind of an Asian place? You know, you never know what you're going to get. Is it chicken? Is it beef? Is it pork? Is it something else? Who knows? Who cares? It all pretty much tastes the same when you put soy sauce on it. All right? Sue's Nunu's and Sushi. You never know. We are far from experts in fantasy football, but sometimes it's fun to have a non-expert opinion. Yep. Maybe you can be the smartest one in the room for a second. So take our advice, or laugh at it, we don't care. No, we really don't. I mean, yeah, uh, fantasy football. Uh, never been quite a huge passion of mine. Uh, These past couple of years, I've absolutely loved fantasy football. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, to me, it kind of... Uh, ruins team loyalty because for yeah. me I want to pick all the guys from the Colts but I know that's not a smart thing to do Yeah. even though then I like watch all these other games and then I got I'm left with uh, rooting for a, rooting for somebody who might be not might be playing against the Colts I don't like that I don't like that Yeah. you know just let me root for my team but here we go let's dive in uh, so it might be a bit early, but we're going to go with an early preview. So, since it's a Colts podcast, let's start off with the big uh, battle this year, I believe, not only in the entire NFL, but also within the division because Henry's back. Yeah. And I've heard that he's put in a lot of work in the offseason. He's ready to get back right where he left off. It's so, good for the Colts. JT versus Henry. What do you think? <sighs> Honestly, it's hard for me because I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know. That's I, what I'm saying. I don't know about Henry because, like, obviously I want JT to be better, but I don't know how much work is a lot of work to him. And you look at the boards in the early predictions, what's everybody's number one pick? Jonathan Taylor. Non-adjusted running back in the entire fantasy. Your number one pick should be... Jonathan Taylor. He puts up consistent amounts of fantasy points. Right. What was it last year? Is consistent? No, who was the number one pick? Everybody thought of last year. Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? It was good for the He got game. injured. And then he got injured. Yeah. Do you really want that? Is this no. like the new Madden curse? Being the pre the pre draft fantasy number one? I don't know. I don't know. I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not the case either. Yeah. Kamara, can he bounce back? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, 
I feel like he can, if he puts in the work, I feel like he will heal correctly. And I feel like he definitely can battle back. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, another running back that uh, has been injured mm-hmm. this past season. He has shown tremendous promise. Yeah. CMC, Christian McCaffrey. He's, he's put up the stats in the games he's actually played. But he's injured constantly. Yep. I want you for your numbers, but if you can't put up your numbers week in and week out, you're useless to me. Yep. Right? All right. Another question, running backs. Austin Eckler, he's with Herbert. Herbert can do his thing. Can Austin Eckler still have any kind of fantasy value of any kind when he's still on a team with Herbert? Mm -hmm. And they also drafted another running back this previous year that seems to be like a running back that could be a starter. Right. So they might split that evenly between the two. Right. Can he do what he needs to do on your fantasy team with that? Uh, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. He's, I mean, maybe not everybody's opinion, but I feel like he's the only uh, weapon they have. The Giants. Only weapon that the Giants have. Right. Can he do everything? Yes, they got a really... Uh, they buffed up their linemen. They got lots of other good linemen. I feel like, in my opinion, everybody might be hating on him because it's Giants. I feel like Saquon Barkley is a fantasy sleeper, in my opinion. Here's your QBs. Is Allen really, really that good? He, he put up consistent numbers last year, but since then, his division that he's been in has updated a whole lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he did last year. He had Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs. So he had three weapons. Yep. Now he only has Stephon Diggs. Yep. Well, right guaranteed. Now, I mean, yeah. the, no, the other two haven't been signed yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about his passing. I mean, Josh Allen can, he can run the ball. He's sturdy enough to do that. But I don't know. I guess we'll just have to see when the season comes. Also, Lamar Jackson. Yep. Can he do. Lamar Jackson stuff. I don't know. I don't know. He's dropped off, you know, the last season and a half. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, you, you you come in with fresh legs and you can do these things as you get older. You can't quite do those things as much. I'm not yep. sure if he still has what it takes if he needs to convert his game a little bit to be more of a pocket passer. How is Baker going to do with his new team? If CMC can stay healthy, yeah, I feel like that could be good because they have Elijah Moore as well, yeah, on as their wide receiver. So Russell Wilson also has a new team, yep, the Broncos, yep, and I think both of our opinions hardest division in the NFL. Yeah, it's the toughest division in the NFL. Uh, he's gonna have to go up against those three teams: the Raiders, the Chiefs, and um, the Chargers. Yep, six times. I feel like know, the Chiefs six different def- games. Chiefs defense hasn't changed like enough for them to be worse. Yeah, and the Chargers defense has only gotten better. Right. I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be enough. You know, you look at that division. Even just if you look at the quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. When you look at the supporting cast, may be still the fourth best quarterback in that division. Is Mahomes really 
all that you think he is? Listen, I'm going to tell you, last year, as my as my quarterback, mm-hmm. I chose Patrick Mahomes because mm-hmm. he had an outstanding year the year before. Yep. And I was really excited that I'm like, okay, I'm going to choose Patrick Mahomes. He will do really well for me. Mm-hmm. He got like maybe two 20-point games the first game of the season. After that, it was like not 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 even making 15 points. Yeah. And I was like, yep. is this Patrick Mahomes? Yep. You, 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 who'd you go with in the last few weeks of the season? Taysom Hill. <laughs> you went with Taysom Hill. And that was, was a pretty good call. He was consistently getting me points. It was better than Mahomes. And then you combine that with, you know, the glaring receiver that he lost. And I don't think that Mahomes can put up what you want in fantasy points anymore. Speaking of Tyreek, wide receivers for me, I need to see, I need to hear what you think. Tyreek versus Devontae, the two biggest moves in the receivers. Tyreek versus Devontae, who you got? Yeah, um... You want to say somebody else. Bring it. I'll come back to it. Stefan Diggs. You want Stefan Diggs. I feel like Stefan Diggs is up there as well. He was mine last year, mm-hmm. and I was hit or miss. Like, uh, sometimes yes, sometimes no. I really had to feel it See, out week to week. So, let me bring it back. Tyreek versus Devontae. What do I you think? feel like... Who's going to do better at their new team? I feel like Tyreek Hill will do better because of the opponents that the Dolphins are playing. Kelsey Kittle, obviously. Yeah. I think everybody's opinion, they're number one and two. Okay. I I don't know about Kittle being number two, though. With Trey Lance being more of a running type of quarterback, I feel like Mark Andrews might take over number two. Yeah. So I feel like Tyreek will do better. All right. I think Tyreek still has too much competition uh, with Tua and uh, some of their run game and things. Well, if you weren't out, you shouldn't have come. Well, he wouldn't open that door. I think the balance between Renfro and Devontae and Carr delivering the ball and Jacobs running just enough will be outstanding for Devontae's numbers. Don't forget about uh, tight end for the Raiders. I, Darren yeah. Waller. He is an all-star tight end. Yep. yep. Speaking of which... I feel like Kyle Pitts, yes, he's a good tight end. I don't think he puts up consistent enough points, though. Okay. Like I said with the Raiders, the, Darren Waller. Yeah. Is there as well? Um, I would even say uh, Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. Those are kind of my top five. What about Ertz? Ertz, I feel like he's right in that maybe top seven, top eight. All right, sounds good. I'm with you with Schultz. I think Schultz is a little bit of a sleeper tight end. Yeah, you sure. know, especially if the Cowboys can't land a solid, um, a solid receiver. Um, other than what they already have, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Last one. Best Colts picks for fantasy football. Okay, let's... Start with the obvious. Start with the obvious. Jonathan Taylor. Okay. All right. That's easy. Mm-hmm. I feel like at the wide receiver spot, um, depending on who they sign for their veteran, I feel like right now, it's Michael Pittman, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. He, yep. he, he will get the points that you need. Um... 
I feel like Jelani Woods, the new tight end, he could be good as well. Okay. And defense and special teams as well, obviously. Yep. Yeah, I think I think defense, outside of JT, defense is, is the number one for me. Even before Michael Pittman, I think their defense is going to come up huge. I think mm-hmm. all the moves that they have done has positioned them really well to be just unbelievably top-notch uh, defense. I'm looking at a player like Ashton Doolin to okay. come up like I can see that. You know, yeah. like he could be he could be your cute he could be a flex player for you, you know? Mm-hmm. He could be uh he could be your number two t- uh number two wide receiver. I think I'm especially, fine with that. Especially if you're in a bigger league. Yeah. Where more players get drafted. Yeah. Right. Like I think that, you know, a player like that could uh do some really good things for you, you yeah. know? So all right, well, next week we are talking fashion. Not like an NBA entrance with all the flashy suits, but the NFL still has fashion. Tune in next week to see what that's all about. What type of fashion are we talking about? Well, I mean, it's not like the tight pants that they wear. Um, yeah, those things are awkward, right? Yeah, a little awkward. Like, I, like, I, I feel like women would not really watch it. No, for those type games. Yeah, definitely not. Especially with the linemen. Oh, oh. This is Liam. And this is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable. <laughs>